My name is Mark Solomon, and this is Never Was. I usually get the same response from folks whenever I say that. You're a musician. Your voice is your instrument. And yes, that is to a certain extent the truth. But it misses the point. I sort of made it last week, but I feel like maybe I didn't fully explain myself. My instrument is a dependent one. It's very fragile. So very fragile. At least for the styles of music I've made, it's a dependent one. A musician learns to make music from something that is not part of their body. An utterly foreign object. It's a skill, a time to trade. And by itself can be, and often is, enough to create a song that someone will listen to on purpose. Now, at the same time, in most cases, particularly in rock and roll... That instrument, along with others, creates a framework upon which a singer can rest his own instrument most comfortably. But that's kind of why they call us singers and not really musicians. That's just my opinion. I mean, unless you're some jazz singer or you're an acapella artist or, again, York, your instrument as a singer really is the most dependent element of any song. In my world, I can't realistically create a song without the help of musicians. You can call them instrumentalists or something, but come on. We're operating in reality, okay? We're operating in reality and with what I believe are reasonable expectations. I mean, when was the last time you listened to an acapella performance that wasn't the national anthem, all right? I'm getting off the point. Randy Torres is back this week for part two of our conversation, and he is, in every acceptable sense of the word, a musician. He was part of providing a very real, very powerful framework for a very powerful band. Uh, But before I go further, I feel like I have to say this. Andrew Schwab, the singer of Project 86, had to deliver on that framework. His personality and his performance had to be big enough to hang there or the music would have swallowed him whole, okay? And with the way this conversation goes, it gets a little dicey. I wanted that to be known, right? After all that's gone down over the years, and I mean literal blood, sweat, and tears, I think it had to be said. So I said it. Who knows? Maybe Andrew will tell his side of the story someday. In fact... Here's my invitation. Andrew Schwab, consider the offer a standing one. Anytime you want to, you know where to find me. But for now, let's talk about tonight. Because tonight, we're here about Randy Torres. With all that has occurred with this band, he's just been the same. Steady. A steady force in what, as you'll hear, can become a very, fairly volatile environment. But that's what happens when you're trying to pull this, this whole thing off, okay? It's not easy. There's a lot of risk. You, you hang yourself out there. That goes for everyone in the band. And uh, I don't know. Every once in a while, shit gets real. But Randy's a gentleman. 
and a gentle man. All these years and all these shows and festivals and ups and downs and record label drama. I've admired his self-control and just general gentleness. Something else that's happened over the years. I've grown to really appreciate the music he's made. Sure. I dig the Knives album quite a lot. I mean, I do. I like it. I've listened to it on purpose plenty of times. But doing these two episodes, it reminded me just how badass Project 86 was, as I remember them. And I mean, I mean that from top to bottom, okay? Music, style of music and style of performance, lyrics, vocals, all of those things, the whole shebang. I mean, for a minute there, at least since drawing back lines, there were at least one or two moments on every Project 86 album where I thought, damn it, I wish that was ours. <laughs> it's true. And I mean that about Schwab. I mean that about Randy. I mean that about Alex, Steve. I mean that about the whole thing. That band was hot. And I really appreciated them. So please. Relax, kick back, and enjoy the rest of my talk with Randy. And if it gets a little uncomfortable on occasion, just remember that real life is shared by everyone. Sometimes the awkward bits or the painful ones make the good parts that much better. Oh, and wait, this is kind of amazing news. Stick around to the end of the show and you will hear two things you've never heard before. A new Knives Jam previously only available to Kickstarter contributors. And how do I set this up? Just listen. Listen for the mention of a certain band called Anne Berlin. Hmm. Very interesting. Enjoy. But first... Back in 2015, I did a little episode about Scattered Fuse album Sin Disease and the 25-year anniversary edition of that album released on Burnt Toast Vinyl. Well, as it happens, Burnt Toast remembered that show and uh, they sent me a lovely package. Vinyl, including Sin Disease, which looks amazing now, by the way. It's amazing. I, I just wanted to say thank you to them. I've got a couple other records. I, I just... I think their stuff looks great. The quality is there. And I want to let you know that Burnt Toast doesn't stop at Sin Disease. But see for yourself. Visit BurntToastVinyl.com. B-U-R-N-T Toast, as in the toast you eat. Vinyl, as in you know what vinyl is. Dot com. BurntToastVinyl.com. We're talking me without you. Show favorites woven hand and lo and behold. Even, and I still think this is such a trip. People like what they like. Rare cassettes. That's right. Cassettes for all you tape fans out there, you weirdos. Burnt Toast has no idea I'm putting this on here, okay? I just wanted to because I think they're awesome, and I think their quality is impeccable. The people are genuine. And what they're doing for the physical world of music that ancient peoples like myself remember fondly is freaking awesome. Also, I just got an email telling me that a certain Jason McLaughlin recently contributed to the Patreon tip jar for Never Was. And I thought... Hey, remember when we used to give props for that? I liked that. Let's still do that. So thank you, Jason McLaughlin. 
If you'd like to contribute to the show, won't you head on over to Patreon link on the show page? That's just Ineverwas.com. You go to the show pages. There's a little Patreon button on there. Click it a couple times and toss a buck or two into the digital tip jar. That would be awesome. I'm saying awesome a lot today. I'm going to knock that off. No more. All right. Enough of this chit chat. Let's hang out with Randy and uh, turn it up. And then that's like basically the last time you saw Schwab. Was that it? You left the band and then there's nothing else? Kind of. We had this weird agreement that that I was quitting and we said that I would it would make it look like I was still in the band because he, he said it would look better for the band as a whole if I was still hmm. part of like in the pictures. And I was like, okay, whatever. That's fine. Um, but that, I mean... There, I, I, I would say that that lasted for maybe a year. Okay. And then I was just done. So um, I ended up getting a job at Tooth and Nail right after I quit. Okay. So I was, I was good. I, was, I didn't need any sort of intermediary time. Right. <laughs> no, no further transitional period was required. Right. No. So is that no. how you kind of built a friendship with Ryan Clark? I mean, is that how you guys, yeah. did you know him before that? We, We'd played a few shows, but we never really became friends until I moved to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just because there was two completely different scenes that he was in and that we were in, and yeah, um, I mean, we chatted and stuff. He was actually closer to Alex and Steve, okay, than me. And then once I moved to Seattle, then we saw each other more often, and uh, I ended up playing a bunch of shows for Demon Hunter, and then we became friends after that. Nice, but um, yeah. Well, before we go to the knives portion here. Yeah. Um, we can talk more. Oh, about dude, I'm, I'm not done. <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I mean, look, if you wrote all the songs and Steve wrote all the songs and then you guys left the band, who's writing all the Project 86 songs? Now? That's the eternal question. I, I honestly have no idea. And I Is would love any to of know. Your stuff, is any of your stuff on records that you didn't play there is. So the record that's after rival factions, which I still can't remember the name of because, um, I don't remember. There was three or four songs that I wrote that were on that record. Okay. Um, but and everything after that is other people. And I have no idea who those other people are. <laughs> I just, to <laughs> me, it's like, it was hard enough going on the road with Dave Zaker with a different bass player sure. know, when Dirk wasn't out with us. Or <clears throat> I think for a very brief amount of time, Sam wasn't able to be on tour with us because, you know, like baby being born or something like right. that. Right. So that was hard enough. Yeah. Right. How do you have a band that everybody knows they, they, they've gotten to know, they know the tones, mm-hmm. you know, and then none of those people are in it anymore except for the one dude that's singing, I guess. Is that enough? I don't know. I don't, I, me personally, no, but apparently other people don't care. So it's weird. And honestly, like it bums me out. <laughs> really? 
because it's not the band. It's not the yeah. band. It's a different band. I wish it had a different name. Um, I think that's invalid. I've, I've gotten over it and I'm over Have it. Have you now. ever talked to him about that? No. Uh-uh. I just, it's not worth the trouble. <laughs> so it, it bums me out and I'm over it now. I, at, at, there was a time where I was like, this sucks, but now you know what? I'm over it. Steve's over yeah. it. We've talked about it a lot. <laughs> wow. It's just not the band. It's like, great. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you still are playing music. I'm still, I'm glad that you can still do that, but this is not project 86 anymore. This is a different band. So I always just wondered if things just seamlessly ended. I mean, was everything, I don't know, dude, kind I'm of, not a journalist, man. It, I'm not going to dig no, for it's some fine. dirt. It's all know? good. It, please do. Uh, <laughs> I think he was secretly stoked because he, the more, the more each member, original member dropped out, the more control he got. But can so he more play control anything? He got, uh, no. So who's okay. writing the songs? <laughs> that would be Steve and I. <laughs> huh. He's, he certainly wrote his lyrics. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, but a lot of the writing process was, it was a collaborative effort. Mm-hmm. Um, and I certainly can't write lyrics at all. So there sure. was, I, we didn't do any of that. He, he definitely did all that, but no, I mean, no, He's not a musician. Um, and granted, not a lot of lead singers are. I'm but, not. I can't play anything. I'm yeah, I'm useless. Um, <laughs> I think he definitely got frustrated the fact that, you know, Steve and I are a clique. We could write songs together. We could collaborate. But whenever he tried to, like, intervene, it was just like, uh, well, um, I, yeah, we could try that i guess you know it was just a weird dynamic yeah i know that dynamic it's and he hated that he hated that <laughs> I, i've experienced that before yeah hey guys yeah. you should change this and that and the, the rest right. of the dudes it's just like, look at mm-hmm. me like listen mm-hmm. yoko why don't you go get in the other room and <laughs> yeah <laughs> go um, go draw your little pictures or write your little songs we're actually right. doing some work in here you know <laughs> right right so, I mean, there was, there was that for a long time. Yeah. It just, we kind of got used to it and it, it definitely became unfun. So that's too bad, man. bus tours sure. you know and uh that one well we did man, one together we did we shared a bus mike lewis was on that yeah tour. there was living sacrifice there were some incredible moments in that sure. bus dude 
Absolutely. <laughs> Dude, the one night when we all woke up in the middle of the night and and came out and everyone, it's like blazing hot. And you come out and like, there's just everybody sitting around in boxers. Like what is happening? And the, the bus isn't moving. Like the air conditioning broke in the middle of Texas in the summers. So like literally a tube full of sweaty dudes. Mm-hmm. Misery. Oh, misery, man. All breathing the same air. Just like all recycled of the same like stench that we put uh, off. Yeah. I also every bunk taken. Uh-huh. And then mm-hmm. every chair and the chairs were all like damp with sweat because right. you couldn't handle being in that bunk. Yeah. When uh, sweaty clothes. On that tour, we did two to to my memory, there were two major, major detours that we took. Okay. Yeah. One of them was the Bass Pro Shop. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You were so stoked to go to the Bass Pro Shop, dude. And I, (laughs) I had no idea what it was. I didn't know what a Bass Pro Shop was. I'm like, why does this guy want to go to a fishing? We're we're on, (laughs) what is happening? And you were, that was when you were wearing those water socks things do you remember those what? yeah you were no, oh, I was you absolutely not. were what are you talking you wore about? like body glove water socks and no, i was like you are, this dude is no. so sold out for fishing it is crazy i do not but i do not remember that at all i'm 100 percent right water socks nope Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> yeah Mm-mm. yeah water socks and oh, i remember geez. you know we watched like we watched that was during basketball season. So we watched a hundred, yeah. you know, Lakers games or whatever. Sure. But there was that detour because it was just like, and it reminded me of like, when I was a kid, like he thinks we're not going to go. Like he, yeah. he thinks we're just going to keep on driving. Out. You were stressed out big time. <laughs> Why on earth? I've, I don't even remember. I've this. now been to a Bass Pro Shop, dude. And yeah. uh, I get it. It's incredible. Yeah. They're pretty spectacular. So slightly related to this. <laughs> Was another, another detour that we took. Uh Uh-huh. Again, another one of those middle of the night, the the bus is stopped. No one knows why we all get up and what the the bus is running, but it's stopped on the side of the, uh, of the road. And everyone's like, what is happening here? Yeah. Where's this bus driver? And he's not, he's not in there. So do you remember his name? Do you remember what the name? I really don't like Dallas, maybe Dallas. I really don't remember his name. I just remember that we all walked outside and he was standing outside the bus staring at a street sign. Oh man. She's like, (laughs) and we're all like, you know, what are you doing? Oh yeah. I just had to come pay tribute, man. And it was Dale Earnhardt Jr. Way. Oh, that's right. That's right. Every bus driver that we've ever had, had, we have, I have a story. Yeah, dude. Like every single one of them was just weird. I think character. I think they go nutty. I think it's the fumes of the bus and the miles yeah. by yourself. Yeah, we've I've had uh, full on fist fights. Not me, but our tour manager with bus drivers. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, sound guys thrown like through through the bus. We've gotten in bus accidents. Like me. Like you remember Corey Edelman? Do you remember Corey? Corey. Yeah. Yeah. Corey. That was he used to play for NIV, NIV right. and then he played guitar for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, where we, 
rear-ended somebody. He was at one side of the bus and he flew through the bus and I caught him mid-air before his head went crashing through the front window. Oh my gosh. I'll never forget that. He owes you his life. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, basically. But anyway. I remember that all the time, the stopping to see yeah. the Dale Earnhardt, because now that I work for NASCAR, <laughs> I remember that. it's just like around me all the time. Yeah. And I always just think, man, yeah. that crazy bus driver, he had to uh, he had to pull that thing over so you could see that street mm-hmm. sign so bad. I, I, I'm trying to think of that dude's name because I remember there's a few times where he was smoking. He had like a pile of donuts, you know, huge belly. Mm. And I'm thinking, man, please, for the love of God, do not have a heart attack like in the middle of the night <laughs> driving us. Please. <laughs> um, you remember Mike Lewis was on that Oh, tour. I do. Because that mm-hmm. was the, the suing Stavesacre Ministries uh, mm-hmm. tour. And remember his stories of um, all the different types of women. Because this was oh, this yeah, might have been the post. demons. All the different uh-huh. demons. Different the demons. The pink mm-hmm. demons. Mm-hmm. And now, of course, he's, you know, married and has a kid. Oh, yeah. Happily Another married. kid. Uh, yeah. That was... I'm pretty sure that bus was the bus we were on when Ryan Denis had tearaway sweats. Mm-hmm. And Lewis, you know, he would just, he'd just get this mm-hmm. thing where he wanted to mess with you, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he kept tearing Ryan's sweats. Right. <laughs> and tearing them open. And Ryan's like, if you do that one more time, I'm going to rip my sweats <laughs> off and I'm going to mount you. I remember that. I remember that. And he basically followed through with that yeah. 100%. Surprise, surprise. It. Not wearing anything under the tearaway sweats. No. Uh-uh. And Mike Lewis being Mike Lewis, totally grossed out by anything like that, but poking yeah. the bear the whole time. Right. You know, what's funny about that whole thing is after that happened, I remember I couldn't figure out if he was legitimately like really <laughs> bummed and depressed about it or if he was just kind of playing up this like character i'm suing stage yeah. ministries yeah. Uh-huh. project yeah. 86 uh-huh. ministries uh-huh <laughs> michael i remember that he deserved every that. moment of it though that was a fun tour it was you reach giant commercial success you're incredibly wealthy you buy a yacht and a house <laughs> it's just funny looking back at it i wouldn't i wouldn't consider it 
I mean, I guess it was minor successful, mm-hmm. but it's not like, you know, each of us bought houses with the money or, you know, right. it's not like we made that much money. <laughs> I know, man. No one knows how much money yeah. they didn't actually make. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> there was a time in the band though. And I, I, I love to tell the story where Alex and Schwab made more than Steve and I, because they had more bills. Oh, wow. <laughs> the logic in that is amazing. That's new. <laughs> That's a new one. Never forget that. I don't know. I, there was a yeah. time when things were really weird. And sure. and when things, when a, the worm turned, as they say, you know. I, yeah. And I guess that was a bummer. And, I, you know, I, I could talk about it now and, and make fun or laugh or whatever. But I know that I was so full of insecurity and panic. I said crazy sure. things and did crazy things left and right, man. I inadvertently insulted POD so massively to John Rubio. Remember that guy? John Rubley. John Rubley. <laughs> Rubio's fine. Uh, I insulted <laughs> POD apparently to him. I, I What I said had no intention of being insulting. Sure. But man, he took that as a, as the biggest insult ever and just like crushed uh, me. And, uh, uh, and when I tried to confront him about it after the show or after the conversation, we, we were playing a show together at the whiskey with POD. I was like, Hey man, I don't know what you think I said. And he just goes, I know what you said. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was just such a strange time, man. Such a, yeah. there yeah. was so much like, it felt like there was a lot at stake, you know? Yeah. And now it's like, not with a bang, but a whimper, you know? Yeah. yeah. And strangely enough, I made music. I mean, I made a record with Steve for crying out loud. Yeah. You did your own thing with Ryan Clark. It's like no great cataclysmic thing happened really. Sure. You know, sure. Everyone's fine. Yeah. No one died. Right. Mostly, I think. You've taken this job at, at Tooth and Nail. You've mm-hmm. left Project 86, again, wealthy beyond your wildest dreams. Right. Um, just like literally choking on money. Yeah. Um, because every day, every day, like, oh, what am I going to do with all these hundies? I guess I'll start, <laughs> I guess I'll use them to start a fire <laughs> in Southern California. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, so you've left there, you moved up to Seattle and mm-hmm. took a job with Tooth and Nail. I mean, what, how did that, was that, were you into that? Was that good? I mean, yeah, I, I wanted nothing to do with being in a band. Mm-hmm. So it was a great um, opportunity for me to get out of, cause as you know, when you're in a band for so long, you, you start losing any sort of real world experience of having a job. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> so I, in my mind, I thought if I don't, if I don't, get out of this like cycle of being in a band and not having any sort of real world experience. I, there's no way I'm going to be able to find a real job. Yeah. So the opportunity came along, uh, Brandon needed an A&R guy. And, um, I think Chad Johnson had left and he needed a few more guys. Mm -hmm. So I presented to him that I was very interested and I would love to do it. And he interviewed me and, um, he ended up, I ended up getting hired. Yeah. So, um, and I was there for a good <clears throat> couple of years. I actually worked the crucified re-release. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Pillars that's awesome. of humanity. 
Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I, you know, it's mm-hmm. funny, dude, you, you were always with all the stuff that went down with, you know, Schwab and, and myself or, or anyone else or whatever. Yeah. And, and all the bands and the drama with, with Brandon and all that. I, I always remembered just thinking like, Randy's always just, he just <laughs> laughs and it's all good. Everybody's fine. Like, yeah, you know, it's true. I don't think it's you true. have any enemies in the biz. Uh, I probably do. I don't know who they Here and be. there. Maybe one, maybe one particular one. Oh yeah. Um, no, I'm just, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to know. That would break my heart. <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, I just, you know, maybe there's not really anything great about it, but I always just kind of stay out of the drama. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe that's a good no thing. No way. I, I just wish um, you were more, I just wish you had been more, um, like opinionated. Sure. You know, because when, when we were doing, when Stagecaker was doing how to live with the curse and you and Steve were there, I remember yeah, you saying, yeah. please open the, the album with this song. And it was like future history was the song. It's one of the yeah. songs on that record. And I was like, no, it's, you know, it's a political song. I don't want to start album with a political song. hundred percent should have done that. hundred percent should have opened <laughs> with that song. I feel like Steve and I both, both you did. That. But you did, but you guys, it's your, it's your record. You guys were so it's affable and chill about it. You're just yeah. like, yeah, he should. Oh, well, if you don't, that's okay. Yeah. You know, dude, that was <laughs> so fun, man. No, it wasn't <laughs> passive aggressive. You were just, you were just deferring to the yeah. stubborn ones. You know, there's, there's definitely things that I would feel strongly about that I would voice my opinion on. And then there was a lot of things that I just didn't care about. Mm-hmm. So as far as music and, 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 writing of songs and sounds and tones and things that I really felt like I knew what I was talking about. I would, I would definitely voice my opinion, but business, um, all of that I kept out, which is probably better in the long run. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not, but yeah. Um, yeah. So the opportunity came along and, um, I ended up A&Ring a bunch of bands and signing a bunch of bands and it was great. Um, I didn't particularly like I figured out that there was really any future in it. Yeah. Like it wasn't like I was going to get promoted right, right, <laughs> to anything. Right. It wasn't like I was going to be an, an A&R guy at Tooth and Nail the rest of my life. So that kind of fizzled. And, yeah. But did um, you feel like it kind of gave you a different perspective on life in general? Just, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, a job. I, I definitely took a break from music altogether after mm-hmm. that. And I was just, you know, normal job, normal hours didn't do any, didn't do anything music related for, I would say three years probably. Yeah. Um, and then I got the opportunity to work at Microsoft and that's when I quit. So I, that's, that's the, that's such a Randy thing right there. Like, yeah. yeah. Then I got the opportunity to work at Microsoft. (laughs) Who says that? (laughs) I just, that's the thing is you meet people when you're in our industry, you meet people all the time. Mm -hmm. And I always, always just in the back of my mind would think, you know, if I meet this person at some point, maybe one day they will remember who, like what kind of a person I was. And then maybe, maybe I'll get an opportunity. Yeah. And lo and behold, this guy, Rick, who knew Aaron Sprinkle when I used to work with Aaron, we met at one point. And then fast forward a couple of years later, when I'm done with Microsoft, I, uh, we talked to each other and he's like, Hey, would you ever consider, you know, coming, working for me at Microsoft? And that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. So what did you there do a, there though? What, what did you do there? Well, there was, okay. So before I did that, there actually was a time where I got the opportunity to go on tour with Amber Lynn. Okay. Okay. 
And that was at the end of when I was kind of done at working at Tooth and Nail. And Nate Young uh, called me up. He's like, hey, would you ever consider playing guitar, keyboards and stuff for us on a tour? And that was like, I was done for sure touring because that was at the end of Project D6 where it's just over. Yeah, and, yeah. and he's like, you know, we have a bus, tour manager, everything, like just think about it. And so I ended up doing it in the, the some of the best dudes ever, like some of my, you know, amazing friends now. Hmm. Nate included, where it, it made music fun again. Yeah. It made touring fun again. And it was awesome. And I, you know, we got to play Jimmy Kimmel and got to tour with all these amazing bands. And then from there, that's when I worked. I ended up getting a job at Microsoft. What a trip. Um, so you basically got to go do the touring thing without all the hassle. <laughs> exactly. Without the depression and the hassle and the dreading of being with people. And yeah. Um, yeah. So I ended up writing music and doing sound design for Microsoft, yeah. a lot of videos and promo videos, uh, commercials, kind of anything and everything media wise for Microsoft. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's, it's awesome. I think it's amazing. The whole reason why I started doing the show was that I just always thought like, you know, most people when a band is done or somebody leaves the band or whatever, the, the, I feel like people kind of feel like that person doesn't exist anymore, you know? Sure. Sure. Yeah. And that's obviously not true un unless you are no longer living. So, you know, <laughs> to, to, to see things, to see things go from sort of swelling and towards success and then burn out and then yeah. disappear, yeah. you know, I just, I'm fascinated by what happens afterwards. And I think right. what you what you said is something I've been saying forever as well. The longer you're around, your friends get good jobs. You know, I mean, that's right, how I ended right. up doing this thing. A, a, a buddy of mine put me on the sideline for a football game, you know? Oh man. That <clears throat> and obviously, awesome. <laughs> you know how much of a football nerd I am. Yeah. It's like, it was like incredible. So, but I never, like, before the band, I would have never even dreamed that I would be yeah. doing this. Yeah. You know, do you like what you're doing right now? Yeah, of course. I, I honestly don't want to do anything else yeah. it's hard making a living from it hmm. for sure um because part of it is luck and part of it is just being um because i i was essentially all freelance for a bunch of different companies okay. and so you have to just claw and bug and email and bug and email and call people all the time <laughs> right. for them to hire you right. like because you, you'll do something and they're like oh this is great great job and then you know they kind of go away and then you email me like hey uh you know i'm free love to do more work for you oh yeah no whatever and then they forget about right. you and then they go so the con you're constantly just doing like dancing and <laughs> being like hey i'm here i can do i can do work for I'm you i'm still so, here yeah it's it's hard it's definitely hard making a living out of it yeah. but uh, i wouldn't want to be doing anything else so, so how do you go from the Microsoft and you're out of the music and you're, yeah. you know, you're, you're fully like, you're, you're working a straight job now, pretty much, you know? Yeah. How does knives just appear out of nowhere? <laughs> <laughs> we, um, let's see. I actually did a remix for Amberlin that didn't, didn't end up getting used. Okay. And so the music of it, of that remix song it was completely different 
as far as the the Amber Lynn song goes. So it wasn't like I was taking any of their songs or something. Um, I made I read I made a, an entire new song and put you know Stevens vocals on mm-hmm. it, and then they didn't they didn't. It's not necessarily they didn't like it. It just didn't fit for their remix record, so we just didn't use it. So I had that song just in the back of you know my computer somewhere, yeah. and Ryan and I were just talking about. I think we were at a barbecue and we were just talking about the idea of doing something or he had the idea of doing, I think he wanted multiple producers, maybe work with multiple people. And I sent him the song and we got together and we recorded it. And then we were just like, this is awesome. And we just started writing more songs. Yeah. I would like to hear that song. In fact, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say that song is coming up in a moment. (laughs) And I want you to send it to me and I'll (laughs) drop it in
I dig that record, man. And of course, how do you not do a pet project with Ryan Clark when you know right. that the stuff yeah. is going to look incredible when yeah. it's done? It was great. Like just because he he's really easy to work with. Yeah. He knows what he, you know. He knows what he wants to do. Um, I know what I wanted to do. So it was like a perfect kind of just getting together really easy. And I would send him a song. He's like, this is great. I have ideas for it. We would record it and then we'd move on to the next That's one. Awesome. It was seamless, Yeah, which my uh, experience of that was not that great before. Sure. So it made it fun and it's really, it's really easy and it's fun. <laughs> and it, before that I had been, you know, writing music for other things for a long time. And I just got over it and I needed, I wanted to do like, you know, music for myself for one. Yeah, so yeah. that was a good opportunity to do it. We did a whole record and probably I would say about a year. Um, he told me that up, you guys, he already has all of the ideas for the next one or something like that. Right. We have, <laughs> well, it's, it's awesome. Cause it's, you don't have to book studio time. You don't have to yeah, you know, get a drummer. You don't have to mic up drums. You oh, I I have everything samples. I have all of it. So yeah. I, it, the song's pretty much almost finished by the time I sent it to him. And then, you know, we'll work around some things. He'll, we'll change some stuff around, mm -hmm. but it'll be, once he's done, it, it's done. And I'll mix it and it's done. It's strange how that, <laughs> so how, how relieving, it, how it takes refreshing like months that is. <laughs> out of the work that we would normally, you sure. know, what we were used to back in the days of doing records. So, yeah, I uh, mean, I can see why I, I've, I have had that experience, you know, doing the neon horse stuff, doing the white ladder stuff with Steve. Like yeah, Martin started it for me by just saying, look, I'm somebody has to be the, the final say that's me. I'll write right. all the songs. Here they are. I was able to say, oh, I like this part a little bit more, or I like that part a little bit more, but essentially there's no squabbing, you know, it just, right, it just is right. what it is. And, and it's fun working with Mark. Yeah. Cause he's hilarious, you know, Yeah. through all of this stuff, I find it odd that, that this is happening. I mean, you're making these, this record, I'm sure there'll be another knives record, right? Uh, yeah. We, I mean, we have half of it. Of done, course you so. do. It's like. It's in, the, it's in the plans. You know, <laughs> Steve's already written, I think, three or four songs for the new White Lighter. Yeah. So it turns out that somehow you guys were able to yeah. continue to write music after after sure. your muse was <laughs> Right. We, I mean, Steve and I had so many conversations. I mean, we still do about that era of time. But, you know, what's funny is he, he loves working with you because it's the exact opposite of how it used to be. Weird. I bet my band finds that surprising because I'm the high maintenance dude <laughs> in the band. <laughs> Look, uh, you know, I was all excited to like talk some shit, but uh, the truth is, you know, once I look back at, at all this stuff and, you know, I can see where Schwab was coming from on his thing and I can see where it would sure. be frustrating for you guys. And, and ultimately, you know, everybody's was trying so hard to make something happen yeah, yeah. You know, it definitely had an era, like I would say the, the self-titled first record and drawing block lines, it was like, we were all firing at, you know, all cylinders, everyone was on the same yeah. page. And then after that is when everything started kind of breaking apart and opinions started differing and people a little bit more pressure mm -hmm. and that's when it all changed. Yeah. <laughs> but those first two records, we, we knew what we want. We all knew what we wanted to do this. You know, there was no question of how it was going to sound. There was no, I don't know how to say it. I mean, there was no picking up after other people's 
Slack or <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's a good way to say it. That's that's gentle. Yeah. <laughs> so you're a gentle guy, dude. Mm-hmm. Dude, I <laughs> I thought Truthless Heroes was was a pretty freaking great record, and Drawing Black Lines as well. I don't know. There was just there was a time period there where. You guys were writing some hot shit. <laughs> I mean, we're like, we're like, oh my gosh. Like I, we couldn't wait for some of those songs live because it yeah. was such a blast. Of course, uh, being the dude that I am, I can't just let it just be that easy. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> prod. <laughs> I, um, in general, is a little bit more goofy uh, than everyone else in the band. And I definitely got yelled at quite a few times for being a little bit too smiley. Oh, a little oh heaven, heaven forbid. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I do want to say, man, one thing I've, I've retained from, uh, from being in the studio with you guys during the, um, I think it started during the Matt Hyde record, Truth is Heroes. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. when you guys came in and did how to live with a curse with us, it really mm-hmm. manifested itself. And it was when I was, I'd be in the, in the room doing my vocal takes, you know, and just so like nervous and so, you know, insecure. And uh, Matt would come on the, on the radio or on the talk back and be like, yeah, you know, there's a way to do this shit. And this isn't it. <laughs> <laughs> He was the best. And uh, and you know what that was, man? It was those Ernie Anderson outtakes, the studio yeah. outtakes. Uh-huh. Well, uh-huh. I listened to that on a, like about every six months, I listened to that whole 11 minute long thing because he gave it to yeah. me right after we finished that. <laughs> I never knew that that's what you guys were talking about. I just thought oh. he was totally going, oh God, <laughs> the singer, we got another singer that can't sing, you know. And you know, he's got the rocking back and forth thing. You know? Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. uh oh, I miss Matt Hyde. Yeah. Freaking great dude. So there was that. There was the um oh, who's the jazz drummer, the crazy uh-huh. jazz drummer and all of his like, uh, outbursts. Get off and, of my band. What? Flam, buddy like, Rich. Flams. Yeah, Buddy Rich. <laughs> when he would it, like what was the other one? He'd be like, um, you know, I can just feel it going right into the dumper. <laughs> it's going right into the fucking toilet. It just rolls out there and goes plop. (laughs) That thing has been the best. Yeah. Like if I met at the, when I was working the bar and it was like a a particularly tough night where we felt like people were putting roadblocks up in the way of us having a successful night at the end of the night, I play it for, for my staff. Like just think about this dude right here or, Mm -hmm. and now being in TV production, I played it for my tech manager the other day on the way home. Just like, dude, I know today was rough, but I got something for you. (laughs) Good old thanks to Matt Hyde. Yeah, dude. Oh, thanks to Matt Hyde. That's awesome. Tonight on the new America's Funniest People, you'll bust a move with Tawny as Tina Turner. That's okay up to there. Unless it popped. I don't think so, because I've been offing it. It was going into the dumper anyway, you know. I could just smell it going into the dumper. All right, if you want the opening faster, we'll do it faster. Do it, because we don't want to miss one listener. We don't want anybody tuning out. There is a way to do this shit, and this isn't it.
I love the Knives record. I'm super stoked Thank for you. you. There's a million things I'd like to talk to you about. You know, I mean, you got married. You still have the yeah. dog. I see pictures yeah. of motorcycles. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm into, yeah, I'm into motorcycles. Uh, we have, yeah, we have a dog. We don't have kids. Yeah, that's, um, that's us too. Yeah. Just, you know, nor- normal life, I yeah. guess. I don't know. How old are you now? I am 35. Dude, I can't believe you're so old, bro. I know. I know. <laughs> that makes that makes it more clear, though. Like, when you thought I was super old because I was 27, <laughs> it's because you were oh, like my God. a teenager. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, you know, granted, we learned a lot from you guys, though. Uh, as real. did we. And as far as, like, playing with bands, you guys were, I mean, we who else did we play with more than Stavesacre, you know? I don't know. Right. Yeah. It was definitely, as long as it was fun, it was freaking super fun. And I'm glad that we're at least for the most part, still friends, you know? Yeah, Uh, absolutely. (laughs) I'm I'm glad you and Steve are still in my life in some capacity. And I would, I would have Alex in my life as well. I just don't ever know what the heck he's doing except working at Vans. So. Yeah. He, uh, he's doing a similar job, but not for Vans. What? He's doing, doing something with overseas production of accessories. Okay. But same thing, different company. Doesn't surprise me. Um, there was a, a, a large gap of time where he left the band and it was not, it was not cool. And I did not talk to him for, geez, I would say four or five years. And yeah. And, um, I was playing with Demon Hunter actually, and he was playing with Tim Mann for the re. It was like the reunion of Focused at no kidding. Um, gosh, Glasshouse. Okay. And so we knew that was going to happen, and so we just called each other. We just hashed it out, and now we talk occasionally. We don't. It's been a while, but um, so you guys are good now. We're good. Yeah, absolutely. That's. I mean, dude, I like Alex, man. Uh, you know, I know he was oh, yeah. in that band with yeah. Dirk and. Uh, and Ryan, and I think they might still do some stuff occasionally. I don't know. Right. Um, but it's just funny when I look back at why we didn't talk to him and it was just so, it was just so dumb, but, um, there was definitely a falling out of when he left, but yeah. Well, now things are better and, uh, they are better. Yeah. yeah. You guys are all happily, which I still haven't seen him either since I've lived here. What's going on with you, man? I'm an idiot and I don't know. I really, I really need to hang out with Steve. I don't know why. Uh, Yeah, dude. He's got like two kids and probably another one on the way or something by now. Yeah. 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 I feel bad. I'm a jerk. Don't feel bad. Don't be a jerk. Just go down there and hang out with the guy. I know. And I, I, I visit my parents fairly often. He's pretty close to my parents. Yeah. You're just making it worse. Yeah, I know. I'm an, I'm an idiot. There is, I don't have an excuse. There is no excuse. Well, I just haven't seen him. Sometimes it's just, it happens. It's just the way it goes. Randy Torres, Project 86, Knives, Water Socks. Not awesome, because we're not saying awesome anymore. We're saying amazing. We've retired awesome for tonight. There, I just said it three more times. Shit! Tonight, 
We heard Breakdown in 3-4 off of Project 86 Songs to Burn Bridges by, and also off of Rival Factions. <sighs> Here we go. The forces of radio have dropped a viper into the rhythm section. Damn. Say what you want, old Schwab can write a title, folks. Hey, Andrew, come. We also heard a little touch of Something Divine off of Knives' debut album, Anxiety, and a very rare one indeed, Unstable, Celebrated Heroes remix starring the one and only Anne Berlin. We also heard from the legendary booth announcer Ernie Anderson, father of a certain P.T. Anderson, who's made a couple movies you might have seen. And also, one of my favorite all-around performances by Project 86, The Sanctuary Hum from Rival Factions. As promised, if you stick around here till the very end, a mostly unreleased track from Knives that you'll actually have to wait until the next album drops to hear otherwise... Not enough. It's coming up right after the show. So yeah, hang out for the afterglow, you know? <laughs> All other music heard tonight was from my band White Lighter and our self-titled debut off of Northern Records. And all them jams written and performed by none other than Mr. Stephen Dale of, you guessed it, Project 86. See what I did there? Brought it all the way in to Dow. This show was produced by Billy Power of Urban Achiever Studios. Doing a podcast, you should hit old Billy up. He'll get you sounding tip top. Might even keep you from doing something totally stupid, which is a very difficult job with certain clients like me. Coming soon, as promised, Ricky Michelle of Adam again and her own bad self. Artist and writer Josh Howard of the wonderful Dead at 17 comics. Also a contributor to the art of Stage Acres, How to Live with a Curse. And a really nice guy. Soon after, we'll have some really, really good stuff, okay? We're going to do a couple new podcastrophes. We're going to revisit a certain debate. Oof. Uh, until then, be nice. Be careful. Be good. Rainbow out.
And that really needed to be said. <laughs> hey, dude, I'm glad that it did get saved. <laughs>